Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Claussen, and today I have an interview with Robert Davis. Sapphire training helps the on-the-go woman feel more energetic, find her inner peace, and become more powerful by creating a fitness lifestyle she loves. All right, so a little background on Robert. Robert has extensive experience assisting clients with corrective exercise and overall stress reduction through movement and exercises specifically geared towards those um, issues. Robert works with a wide range of clients from athletes trying to improve speed and endurance to the golden age population seeking strength through stretches and exercises. Robert also has a clothing line called Righteous Souls. So I talk with Robert today. Um, he is also one of the trainers that trains with me out of a small private gym. Um, and so I've met him and Chuck at the same gym and I had Chuck on the show last month. And it turns out, which I did not know, Robert and Chuck have known each other their entire lives, pretty much. So it was kind of fun little um, chat as well. Robert and I discuss, um, he is into Buddhism, so we discuss a little bit of Buddhism, and we discuss um, why he thinks the manliest thing that you could do is stand up for your principles and beliefs. Uh, it was truly remarkable knowledge that he dropped. There's so many little nuggets and takeaways Um you know, through the middle of this interview that were just awesome that I was trying to write down. So I hope you guys enjoy today's interview with Robert Davis. Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast, Robert. I'm super excited to have you on today as a guest. Thank you for having me. Yes. So for people um, out there who might not know who you are, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit more about your fitness background. My name is Robert Davis. I am from Minnesota, or St. Paul, Minnesota. I've been in the industry for 15 years. I love fitness and I love helping people. And I started in when I moved to Arkansas. And I got started in a little gym called uh, Bowman Fitness in Little Rock, Arkansas, which is now 10 Fitness. My man Eric really uh, took a strip mall boutique gym and made it into several massive big box gyms that are dominating in the central in central Arkansas. And um, it, it's, it's a joy to look and talk to them because we still are close friends and just look at the progress and growth. And then I came back with my then wife and child to the Twin Cities because we needed the uh, support. I mean, uh, Andrea, you have, you're on your first kid, right? Yes, it's challenging when you have the young ones and you don't have family or friends and you're across the country. Totally. So we decided to come back and try to make it work. And then that's when I started at Lifetime Fitness in Woodbury and um, learned the business of personal training, which was, uh, uh, it was very important to that I, I find that people know how our muscles move during exercise, can give somebody a good workout and, and challenge them, but they don't actually know the business side of uh, personal training. That's why I'm really excited to do this with you because this is what people don't see is the, the uh, I like to call the working on your business when you're not, I mean, when you're not working in your business, you should be working on your business and spreading your name like yourself as, to as many people as possible. So did that and wanted to get on the Minneapolis side of town because um, I was going through a divorce and da 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 blah, 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 <laughs> with, all, with that. And, and um, I landed on my feet in a, a private exclusive club called the Calvin Beach Club where I've met another group of smart trainers and just really, you know, learn the business to a different level as 
far more so than just uh, exercising and, you know, how muscles move during exercise. Just really learning how to connect to people, um, how to build relationships and partnerships with people, just really focusing on the business side of things. And that prompted me to know that I wanted to do something more outside of just training people. I wanted to develop other trainers and, and other programs and fitness programs and help other people, trainers, realize their dreams and potential. So that's when I started Spark Fitness, which is a personal training, almost like a, a brokerage where personal trainers can come and house their business. And I would help them with marketing and branding themselves and reaching further than uh, being, getting them to reach further audience than they're able to reach on their own. Because I believe that I, my basic philosophy when it comes to that is easier for several people to push a boulder up a hill than one person. And it's just other people that are gifted and talented than I am. And I want to, you know, polish them up and shine them and put them out there. So how did you, so I have a few people I know um, who listen are also trainers. So how did you kind of end up in these gyms that, I mean, was it just all luck that you kind of went to these places that helped you, I guess, um, fine tune your business skills? Because I know that I personally also, I kind of consider it luck. Like my first gym I started at, I had an amazing owner of an anytime fitness. And really a lot of the times it is your owners at those smaller gyms. And they taught me so much about business. And then I ended up in another small business working with youth soccer players. And then I learned even more about business. So I kind of was lucky in that sense. Is that kind of what you stumbled upon or did you seek out lifetime in particular? And like, for instance, the Calhoun beach club, did you specifically say, I want to work there or just kind of, this is what happened. Well, I mean, I it it, it may be luck, but and it may be chance. I don't know if I really sought that out. I know with Eric, he is not even Eric from Bowman Fitness, Bowman Fitness, now Tim Fitness in Arkansas. He was a business major in college. I mean, he's a phenomenal golfer. He was just, his business mind was intriguing. I, I saw him take over that small boutique that was ran poorly and flipped it into a very successful business. And that's when it, I got into, he's, he, he was, I remember his whole thing is he wants to be in the debit business. He wants to be in the business where, now this is the ugly behind the scenes of the business. He wanted to debit as many accounts as possible. And I never... It never, it's one of those nuggets that you put in the back of your head. And then when you start realizing how many hours a personal trainer has to train in a day, you can never reach as many people as possible. So with that, that thing, just that little nugget he gave me just branched off into other things. Like I would say to answer your question, to, to, to pause, to answer your question, Eric had more of an influence on me than the Lifetime Fitness because, you know, it was such a big corporation. I just felt like a cog in the wheel. Mm -hmm. Even though Calhoun Beach Club was a much, uh, a big company, but on a smaller scale and gave you that small company startup type of feel, I still felt like it was, I had a lot of input and a lot of driving. It, it, it wasn't as much red tape to get through as a Lifetime but there was red tape. That's why um, I, I thank God that I landed in those places. And it gave me, I guess, vision of what I wanted for myself. And 
that was to cut the tapes. And when I going back to Eric, it's like you want to be small and agile. Those big companies, if you come with a bit a, a great idea, there's so much bureaucracy and and red tape you have to go through to get it implemented. And not that I want the credit, they'll probably either take the credit or not take it and put it on the shelf. And I witnessed that with um, the Beach Club and the uh, LA Fitness uh, Lifetime, excuse me. There's things to learn, I guess, at a both large and smaller scale and just kind of landing where you did, you kind of learn little lessons along the way and little nuggets that you can take with you that either you want to be like or don't want to be like. So I think that's kind of, um, you know, in summarizing it, it's kind of the lessons that you've learned is a little bit from both. And definitely, I would agree, it's much easier on a smaller scale to kind of regroup and, you know, kind of turn your ship around um, oh, yes. with the smaller business because just less people involved. So it's much easier to be like, oh, let's change paths. So yeah. on that philosophy... I want to know a little bit more about your personal, because I know you do have your um, Spark Fitness. What is kind of your fitness philosophy with Spark Fitness? It's it's basically that. I, I just believe in, I believe that everybody has their level of expertise. Like uh, you had a guest on a couple of days ago, Chuck, who I'm friends with, and he's big in the mo- movement. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's an expert at that stuff. And then we work with other, I mean, for the record, Andrew and I work together, but <laughs> we work with other great trainers that have their expertise. And I'm a big comic book geek, and I always <laughs> wanted to create this like super friend type things where everybody had their expertise, and we go out and you know try to fix the world and get the world in shape one client at a time. I just wanted to. I had a vision on how that laid out. So I my vision and philosophy is. What is it that I can do to help you be the best you that you can be? Love that. All collectively, we win. Mm-hmm. All, I, it has to be a win-win on all levels. I love it. So it's it's. I, I just. I, it may tie back to my Buddhist principles and philosophies that I study. That you know, it's karma, the yin and yang, has to be a win-win and. That is so funny because I just asked you before. So for the listeners, I just asked him before we went on. I was like, do you – so Chuck introduced some things that I didn't know about him during our podcast interview. And then now I didn't know that you studied Buddhism. So, like, explain more about this. What? Well, <laughs> it's interesting. Um, my mother was very generous in her parenting and allowed us to seek what resonated in our heart. She didn't, like, force feed us her beliefs and philosophy. She definitely made it there and made it possible for us to, you know, feel or be around a higher being. So through my course in mind, because I'm African-American, I went through, uh, maybe I want to be a Muslim. Maybe I want to be a Christian. Maybe, but none of these things never, I don't know if you ever had a church experience where you're sitting in a church and I'm not dissing any other religion. This is just my personal experience that I'm sitting in church and I'm seeing everybody giving it up for the Lord, praising, and some people catching the Holy Ghost and wondering why did that always pass me? Why can't I feel that feeling that those these people are feeling? And, and I started having self-doubt and that gave me a, a, a greater sense to seek out who I am 
I went on my little self-discovery. And when I got divorced, was it was at the lowest point of my life. I mean, full disclosure with the lifetime thing. I lost my job. This isn't all in a six month, no, it was in a three month span. Lost my job, got served divorce papers, dad died. Oh my and God. To put it, the cherry on the, the cake, a tree fell on my car. <laughs> my car that I had for, I didn't even make the first car uh, payment on it, oh. the tree fell on it. So I started, you know, just looking at other people I had heard about, because it started with uh, meditation. I heard about transcendental meditation. And which is, you know, you got to have some money if you want to get involved with that. But it's a, a good, good practice. It's an excellent practice. And I started looking at everybody that I admired or looked up to. And the first thing they were doing is, or said that they meditate. So I started meditating. You know, toughest thing in the world is for anyone to sit still. I mean, and then I just, it just started resonating with me. My heart just started feeling lifted and enlightened. And I, the more enlightened I got, the more I seeked it. And the more I just felt like, I, I to compare, maybe what those people in the churches felt that I couldn't feel. It was just, it just resonated in my heart. And, and I just continued to practice. And the more I studied, the more um, I got to understand it. And the more I started going over my life and it was always, I felt that it was always in the back of my subconscious waiting for me to discover it. And it just, it, it felt like a perfect marriage. Did that, did that, did that answer your question? I don't yes. Know. No, <laughs> answer. And I, um, that is awesome. So do you still meditate then like daily now? Twice a day. Wow. Twice a day. Um, I visit uh, meditation centers to, for the sense of community. Um, I, 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 and it's funny how, my quest is no longer the things that I, uh, my, my, pers my perspective on things that I thought was important to me has dramatically shifted. I am desperately seeking inner peace. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing I learned about circling, uh, seeking inner peace is learning to forgive myself. And that's the hardest thing for me. A, uh, a lot of that is letting go that I'm not perfect, I'm going to make mistakes. Most importantly, other people are going to make mistakes and we all are born not to know. So I have to be a little bit patient and I, and I learned patience, especially handling a 16 year old kid. You have to learn <laughs> a, a, a girl at that. You have to learn patience. Uh, I feel that with a one year old boy. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, and I, honestly, I, I wish I was the person that I am today, that I, I, um, I, I, I wish I was that person in my marriage mm -hmm. because I was seeking to be understood as opposed to understanding. Oh my gosh, I love what you just dropped, some knowledge. Can you speak more on this? It's funny because I'm trying to move away from speaking about it because uh, one of my, in one of my uh, visits to the meditation says, they were explaining how Buddha actually, I think it, and I'm going to screw it up, but I'm going to try to remember it. But it basically is, uh, you, you want to tell everybody that you're this and that. I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm a Muslim. And, and then you're just so excited about it that you just want to spread the, the wealth. 
and then you want to drop that stuff, and then you want to, the, the third and last final step is you want to actually be it. People should be able to feel that there's something different without you saying anything. And that's where I'm, another question I'm on. I used to, I remember when I first got into it, I used to wear my meditation beads and my, my beads and all that. And I'm like, those are great symbols, but they're that, they're just that. The best symbol I can be is be Buddha. Yes. Um, I just, I had a solo podcast kind of about this. I study Ayurveda. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No, um, I'm not. That's kind of like the yoga, Eastern philosophy on kind of medicine and just health in general. Mm-hmm. So a lot of yogis is kind of their way, but we talked about the habits, identity, and then the way that the world sees you. So basically saying that, you know, your identity is kind of shaped through your habits and then the world kind of sees you in that way, which is very along the same principles as you're kind of speaking out as well as, you know, you're just trying to be that person. So the world kind of sees that that's just who you are. You don't have to like wear the beads as you were saying, or, you know, wear certain, I don't know, like brand of clothing or look a certain way. Yeah. And it's funny because in my book club, we read, read this book. Um, uh, God, I'm going to screw it up. I think it, I'm going to screw up the title. I think it was a religious book club or religious club mm-hmm. where basically this, after 9-11, this Muslim lady uh, wanted to make her her uh, kids proud of being Muslim because you, you remember the climate mm-hmm. after 9-11. Um, and she formed these this group of women from all different backgrounds and they got together and it was hostile at first and then it became a moment of enlightenment and when they figured out that basically all religions have the same principle at its core, it's just that man politicizes it, politicizes it to their own advantages, and that's where religion gets the bad rap. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and I'm of and I'm of the uh, belief that if a uh, if a rock makes you a better person and you want to worship that rock, go ahead and worship that rock. If the end product is you're a better person and you feel good about yourself, love more yeah. light in the world. Holy. Yeah, exactly. So then, what since you, which sometimes. Um, there's not a lot of guys, I suppose, that I've ran into, especially in the fitness world and personal training, to get into, I guess, like more of the spiritual side of things. So what kind of motivates you to get into things like this or try new things in your life that might be a little bit outside the box thinking? Well, I always, I mean, tend not to follow the crowd. (laughs) And I think, you know, from... The typical male that's in the gym, pumped full of testosterone and trying to show them how manly they are. I think one of the manliest things you could do is to be willing to stand alone on your principle and your beliefs. I think, like, with this whole fascination with the MMA and this physical grappling and all that, it's fine for its in its proper context, but when you go out and you see the false bravado that it gives people, and then, you know you there, I think that the 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 strength lies in peace, resistance, and and using your head. That's where strength is. It's not how much you can 
bench press or how much, how fast you can knock this guy out. Or I, I think that is an act of weakness, in my opinion. Strength, uh, I find strength in, 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 in being able to talk and to accept differences and still respect that person and their differences. So I've always, I'm not afraid to try anything different. Like I was, I'm really, I, I think that the typical way that we view fitness is going to change dramatically in the next couple of years coming. And I want to be on the, 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 the leading edge of that. Mm -hmm. So I have to be able to try things and I'm going to fail at them, but I'm going to learn a lot as I do it. And I know you probably know a lot of people that are afraid of smartphones and all that. I think I cannot, I, when a new gadget comes out, I'm usually the first to adapt to it <laughs> because I don't want to be left behind. So I've never been afraid to try new things. And I think that's a form of strength, too, yeah. is to be open to trying new things. Yeah, and being open to possibly failing. And I love that. Oh, yeah. I mean, failing, we need to really change that. I, I, I mean, I, I think only an enlightened person knows what failing truly means. Mm. You know, it means to me that you try you never failed if you learned something. Mm -hmm. And here's a harsh reality of life. Everything's not going to work out for you. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, I was listening to someone's, uh, I don't remember which podcast it was on, but someone's guest had said that every day when this girl had got home from school, when she was growing up, her father would always ask her, you know, um, what went well today and what did you fail at today? And, you know, just treating it like failure is a good thing. That means you tried. You tried something that you might not have. And I love that they're teaching, you know, I'm like, I want to do that with my son, like teaching him at a young age that, no, it's okay to fail because that means you were trying something new. Yeah. And I've seen failure, the fear of failure just paralyze a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they, they, they're already uh, figuring out the, uh, you know, the end result without doing it. I'm like, you won't never know unless you try it. You may surprise yourself. Um, so I want to kind of talk about your clothing line because I know you have a clothing line. So why did you get interested in starting that? Is this just kind of a new adventure? And when did you start this in your journey? Okay. Um, it's been in the works for a while and I buy a while. I don't, I'm saying a while cause I can't give you an exact date, <laughs> but I actually <laughs> launched it in October of last year. And it was something that I have a partner and we are, she and I were talking about, uh, you know, just, you know, shopping and, and, and having a ton of everybody else's stuff that, you know, you, you have Nike, just do it. And whoever else who has a, a fancy tagline. And once again, I wanted things that resonated with me mm. and I don't care where you were on the political spectrum of what size, I don't get in the party, but all I know, it was a lot of negative being, negativity being spewed mm -hmm. on both ends. And I just thought that it would be a perfect timing just to share kind words. So we have enlightened words from all over the place. Like 
Uh, and when I say all over the place, like from different religious backgrounds, it doesn't matter if it's a kind word and it connects with you or resonates with you and it connect you to another person, all the better. So, um, and it's going pretty well and I'm getting a lot of positive feed from it and it's fun. It's once again, it's another way because um, it's another way for me to create with friends you know, and that's, that makes my vocation, my vacation when I'm creating and with creating with people that I like being around. Mm. Yes. And how did you come up with, I know your name of your clothing company is Righteous Souls. Where did that name come from? Uh, actually, um, it came from, um, it came from just the word righteous and if i got a lot of pushback because if used incorrectly it can come off as being self-righteous which is has all types of negative connotations to it but the way i interpret righteousness meaning not being right but doing the right thing it's not you know you don't have to be most people confuse righteousness with being right mm -hmm. Righteousness, in my interpretation, is doing the right thing, you know, making sure you're not causing the harm or damage to anyone else and or most importantly to yourself. Um, did, I think when you start arguing uh, a, a right, there's different perspectives and different degrees and different variables of right. When you want to be righteous, there's only one way to be righteous. And that's not causing harm to myself or others. And I just, the soul part of it came from, I just want to tap into, I mean, people, I want people to to display their soul of who they are and, and feel proud and where, where, who they and what they are on their chest. And you, you know, a lot of people don't do that. You know, you, I mean, I look at some of the social mediums and you see all these people selling whatever, I say sex, but it could be from T-shirts to fitness to whatever. It's it's not, I don't feel that they're being authentic to themselves and I just want you to be authentic. So the actual, the way we spell it is combined. We use one S because it was by default, because we righteous souls, the domain was taken. Playing <laughs> with the righteous soul being a compound word, or I mean, or not even a compound word, just sharing the S's from the end of uh, righteous in the beginning of souls. I'm like, we started like, that's kind of like the S's are balancing and everything is one. Mm -hmm. And then just the metaphor that it could symbolize in the the feel that we got from it was just authentic and real. So we, we went with it. Yes, super cute. That's where, that's on my list. I'm, I am going to order myself one of the shirts because they are super cute if you haven't seen them before. So what is... com. Yes. <laughs> so what advice do you have for people when starting out with their own business since you've now started two businesses essentially? Branding is in, in the most important thing and whatever medium or form you decide to do consistency is a must mm -hmm. 
Um, I recommend, I, I, I mean, I, I'm learning as I, I'm, I'm building this plane as I fly it. So I don't profess that I know everything, but I know the, the mistakes and the failures that I had is throwing a brand of anything out there without a following. You need a following. You need, and if you start something on Facebook, uh, uh, a blog, Instagram, podcast, content is key, but consistency is a must. Because these people are going to, if they like you, and they like what you're putting out there, they're going to expect to hear from you at such and such a time, such and such a date. You know, and the, uh, the response, um, engage your, your followers, your audience, let them know that you see them and you feel them. And um, that's what I've learned thus far. I love it. Um, so then what about, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned in the last 15 years with kind of doing your own business? Um, the lesson that I've learned is, it goes back to failing. You know, you can't be afraid to fail. And I, I and this is no knock on anyone I've ever worked with in the past, but I visited a gym and saw those same people in those same spaces. And, you know, everybody can't... Being an entrepreneur, as you know, you got to be cut from a different cloth. You got to be as crazy as I don't know what. <laughs> and a lot of people like to play it safe and... One of the biggest lessons I learned is I don't like to play it safe. I like to take risks and chance, and I love to bet on myself. Mm. I, 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 I'm just not a person that can work someone else's dream. I want to, even if, my, if I don't get far in life working my dream, I want to say, hey, I did it my way. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah, my dad was a farmer. Um, so growing up, that's kind of what I was exposed to, too, because farmers are basically they're entrepreneurs because they're yes, kind of they doing are. their own thing and he had to you know how can he make this work because I have three brothers and so my mom was a stay-at-home mom so he did stuff in the winter they're like don't farmers have the winter off all year I'm like my dad never did I'm like we had animals besides crops and then he decided to start a tiling business I'm like that's just what you do and that's what I always saw so I feel like I'm I mean I I'm totally cut from that cloth because that's what I strive for. I'm like, I love having different things to do and, you know, having this podcast besides training people online, besides training people in person, you know, just having those different kind of fires burning is what fuels me. And right. I'm sure you're the same way. That's probably another reason that you started the clothing line is just to have something else going. I, I mean, you know, as you know, I, 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 I've always, I believe in skill and everything. The personal training one-on-one, -on -one, face to face, you can only scale as to how many hours of the day you're physically able to work. Mm -hmm. But with the online training, the uh, the clothing line, I can scale that to however people want to get involved with it. Mm -hmm. However many people want to get involved with it. So that's been my whole thing is how to maximize my time. I love you know. That. I mean, it's smart. And it's just, it just keeps it interesting. It, yes. it, I mean, I, I mean, as much as I love helping people and as much, as much as I love being there for people, I want to do more. 
how much more can I help you? Well, I have this product and service. I have this product and service. Yes, I totally agree. I'm on there, 100%. So I know that we could connect with you over at RighteousSouls.com for your clothing. What about any social media sites that you like to hang on to? Are you a Facebook, Instagram person? I'm a Facebook, Instagram. Um, I have my website. Uh, there's two websites. There's sparkfitness.com. Uh, That's where you can see my bio, layout, trainers that, that are under our, branch, our, our brand and um, what we're about. Um, we do online training. We're venturing into corporate wellness, which I'm really excited about. Um, so that's the spark side of things. And then you got righteous souls. The S is at the end of the righteous and the souls connect. So it's one word dot com. And that's where you can sign, find the latest in mindful apparel. Um, I have sparked the the fan page at Spark is Spark Spark Fitness at uh, Facebook and the Instagram is Spark Fitness and come get sparked with Spark. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, and I'll have all those in the show notes as well for anyone who might not have caught those. Um, so then I have my couple kind of wrap up questions um, that I like to ask everyone. What does peaceful power mean to you? Well, um, that's interesting because I've been always, it's interesting that I practice what I practice because my mother always said, and I never knew this, still waters run deep and real bad boys move in silence. Mm. So to me, peaceful power means your inner strength, and people don't always need to know what's going on with you. Mm-hmm. Everybody is so quick and so in a rush to give their opinion with these social mediums and all that. You know, people don't all, and I try to tell my kid this all the time, Zoe, hold your thought. Zoe, some things that come across your mind don't always have to be said. Zoe, when you tell people what you're going to do, they're going to expect it and be prepared for you. Mm-hmm. That's so true. So basically, while these other players are playing checkers, you need to be playing chess and be three or four moves ahead of them, and you don't need to announce your moves. That's what peaceful power means for me. And it also means that, you know, learning, the biggest part of it is learning to seek understanding versus seeking to be understood. Mm. And you wouldn't believe how many times I've been in heated conversations and, and wanted to, you know, really go in on somebody, but, you know, showing restraint and trying to actually see where they're coming from has helped me actually grow as a, a person. Yes. Oh, that's so true. I love what you said too about the social media piece. Cause I, you know, about not having to comment everything. Um, you know, my business mentor had said that too. That's her advice is, you know, be as transparent as you can, but to a point where maybe when you're going through something really tough and you're in the middle of it might not be the time to share that just quite yet because you, you know, you just don't know how things are going to end up. So that's always kind of stuck with me too in the back of my head is, 
unless I know I'm through something, I'm not going to share it. Oh, right. And the other thing, I, the other thing I've learned a lesson too is take a moment or two or even a day or two to think about it, sit on it before you respond. Because mm. a lot of, a lot of our response derived from emo, an emotional place, mm-hmm. not a logical one. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Especially if something came into you, like if you get an email and you're like, ah, oh, just sitting on it for a few hours, a day, however long you can before you're like, okay, I've calmed down. Here's an actual normal response, not an emotional one. Right. Oh. So then, one of the lessons I wish I learned when I was married. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's good marriage advice for everyone as well. I would totally agree with that from, well, I've almost been married now two years. And I would agree that definitely sitting on things and not always just firing off of the tongue is great advice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what weekly challenge would you like to give the listeners this week? Really? I want the weekly challenge to tell someone, not the ones that you love, like your, your child or your husband or your significant other, but not be afraid to use the word love. Oh, I like that. You know, um, I love the word love. It has so much power and it, and it disarms people when you say it. And you, you, it, it, it lets you uh, strip down their armor so you can really have an a, a intimate conversation or setting or anything. And then and I always try to come at people with peace and love. Yes. That's something that I was working on, too, this past year is, like, being okay with that. Because I, you know, even putting, like, little um, heart emojis and stuff, like, now I do it all the time, but like before, like I wouldn't do it because I was like, "Oh, that is that sending a wrong message?" Now I'm like, "No, like we need more of that in this world." Oh yeah, we need a ton of love and being. I like to think that I'm an alpha male. <laughs> I, uh, I, I want to, you know, you. I want the world to know that you can still be hardcore or or, or whatever you think. Or you if you. Pre- perceive yourself as being an alpha male, you can still be that and not afraid to show love or give love. Hmm. Yes, that is the perfect spot to stop on. That is awesome. Thank you so much today, Robert. Um, You were a delight. And again, hidden treasures that I didn't know about you as we were talking today. So thank you so much. Thank you. All right. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power. Thank you so much for listening to the Peaceful Power podcast. And if you want more information about today's show, head on over to andreaclawson.com, where you can also find my free guide to working out for your body type. And if you haven't already, I would love it if you could rate and review the show over on iTunes and share it with any of your friends that you think would benefit from hearing the peaceful power message. Thanks again, and go out there and spread your peaceful power.